Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. How many like it when things are multiplied to you? He says, I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham, oh, here we go, waited patiently and he received what God promised him. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater to themselves to hold themselves to it. That's why even in our court systems today, they say they put your hand on the Bible and repeat after me. The reason they're doing that is they're taking an oath and they're saying that, that I am going to do this because one watching over me is greater than me and he's seeing that I'm going to do what I say. So, so God took an oath and, and, and so that call on someone that's greater than himself to hold them to it. And without any question, the oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise, everybody say, that's me, could be perfectly sure. Can we be sure about it? It says we can be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Hallelujah. So God hath put both his promise and his oath that by these, but by these are unchangeable, I like this, because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled to him for refuge. And look at this, brothers and sisters. When it comes to the word of God, we can go to that refuge and we can have great confidence and hold to the hope of the things that we're hoping for. Amen? How many know that you're not, it's okay to hope? It's okay to believe. It's okay to know that your circumstance can change and it will change. Today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about our father and patriot of our faith, Abraham. And if you were to ask Abraham if he was to go up and look in this manger and kneel down and worship the Christ child, and you said to Abraham, "What child is this?" Here's what I want you to remember today. I believe that Abraham would say that Jesus is the promise keeper. That God, if you ask Abraham, that he would look and he would say, I'll tell you who he is. What child is this? He is a promise keeper. That a promise made by him is a promise that will be kept. Think about all the things. As you're starting your family, um, I would read Genesis 12 and keep reading all the way, uh, even into 30, clear up to the death of Abraham. But if you notice in Genesis 12, Abraham was starting out in his faith walk with God. God called him out of his country. And some of you that are newly married and some of you that are starting out your lives and you're getting your jobs going and you're starting a family and you're thinking about having kids and you're starting your career and you're beginning to make those steps to the Lord. Those are the same things that Abraham did. And God gave him some promises. First, he said, you're going to marry an amazing wife. And her name's going to be Sarah. Some of you today, you know when you're uh, in your 16 to 17, however old, clear up to 30, or maybe you have been married and, and you're a widow now, or your spouse, things didn't work out. Do you know it's okay to hope and to believe that God has someone with you, for you? God had a spouse for Abraham. 
And, he, and he's like, man, I've got a promise you. And through this woman, there's going to be some amazing things happen. So you people, I, I really feel, especially with you young ladies, you are beautiful. And it's good to be beautiful on the outside and the inside. And there is a man that God has for you. And young man, there is a woman that God has for you. And God has a plan and a future. And it's okay to hope in that. And there's nothing wrong with you today. God has something for you. Come on, young people. Say, I'm looking for my spouse. Hallelujah. All right? And then family. And starting your family together. And here's the other thing. God told Abraham, I'm going to make you successful. He said that wherever you walk, it's going to be blessed. He said that any of the land, anywhere that you go, I'm going with you. That when you go in, I'm going in with you. When you go out, I'm going out with you. When you go in and take that test, he's going in with you. When you go in to get that job, he's going in with you. Come on. He's going in with you and he's going out with you. He is here to bless his people and to give people success as they're starting out in this venture. He promises health. I mean, you guys, think about this. And um, you know, Abraham was sexually active clear up till he died. Even after Sarah died, he got married again and had some more kids. You know, that's an important part in a marriage. And if you're here today and you're like, man, that's something that's absent in your, in your marriage. Brothers, that can even be a good thing. God promises to keep us healthy and to keep us prosperous and to keep us strong in all areas. God said he would bless him in everything that he did and everything that he did and possessed. That he'd have favor and spiritual blessing with God and man and God would multiply his efforts. He would accumulate wealth. You guys have been with me for 18 years. How, how many times, how often do I talk about wealth? Not much. But it's okay to talk about wealth. God wants to make you have good success. God wants to give you wealth. God wants us grandparents. God wants us grandparents to, to, to not put up a sign and say we're, we're spending your inheritance. God wants us to lay up for the next generation and the next generation an inheritance. He wants us to be wealthy. He wants us to do good in life. He said that his enemy would never get the upper hand of him. God said that you'll be the father of many nations. Are you getting the idea? How many say well, there was a lot of promises given to Abraham? A lot of promises. He said that through your faith, and I'm giving you a promise that when you believe in me through your seed, is going to come a redeemer to the whole world, and that you're going to be the father of a faith message. You're going to be the father of that faith message. You're going to be a father of my people, God said. So what was the key? All these promises, all these promises, what was the key that Abraham understood to walk in this favor, to walk in this spiritual blessing? Because we know it's not on God's side where the promise is made. He keeps it on his side. But what about on our side? What was it about Abraham to where those promises were fulfilled? I think the key is in Romans 4, 3. The Bible says that the scripture tells us that Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him or it was counted unto him as righteous. Because of what? Everybody say what? Because of what? Because of his faith. 
So because of his faith and believing the scriptures and believing what God said, like when when we have all this sin, that that count can even mean account, like a, a financial account where we have all this account of sin in. But when we believe in Christ by faith, he empties that account and puts it in Christ's account and takes Christ's righteousness and puts it in our account. But it happens through faith. All these things that Abraham did, it happened through faith. I want to talk about four blessing busters. Four blessing busters. That came to me through the night. I was thinking about blessing. I felt the Lord say, here are some busters of blessing. Here's some pitfalls. Here's what keeps us from walking in the blessing of God. Number one, the, number, the blessing not in an order, but blessing buster number one, brothers and sisters, is unbelief. It's unbelief. The Bible says now faith. Now faith. Faith has to be present. It has to be now. Now faith. Everybody say now faith. Now faith. It's the substance. Substance. It's the ingredient of what you're hoping for. Hope means you don't have it yet. You're hoping for it. It's the ingredient of what you're hoping for. And what it is, it's the evidence that contradicts what you're seeing in the natural. Come on, because you're seeing God's word and you're seeing in the spirit what God wants for you. So your faith is the evidence of what your natural senses are telling you aren't there. Faith is the evidence of the things you don't see. It was by faith that the entire universe was formed by God's command. And now we see it and now we see it and it did not come from anything that can be seen. So it was by faith that the world was created. Do you know the world that you're trying to create and the life that you're trying to live? It happens as you believe God's promises and you exercise faith in the world that you want. How many want a good life, a good world? Operate in that faith that God has given you. The Bible says it's by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable uh, offering to God. So what that means to me, it's by faith that I have acceptance with God. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up in the heaven without dying. It's by faith that we're going to live for eternity. Amen? It was by faith that Noah built a big ark to save his family. And he wouldn't be condemned by the flood. Brothers and sisters, there's now no condemnation. We are not condemned because of our what? Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's by faith that we're not. It's it's by faith that Abraham obeyed what God called him to do and went into another land. Brothers and sisters, when you come to Christ and you come out of that lifestyle that you're living and you come out of those destructive behaviorisms and those things that are destroying you, it's by faith that you do that. It's by faith that you walk out and you say, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm doing a new thing. That's what Abraham did. I'm embracing the new life. It's by faith when 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 Abraham reached the land of promise that God promised him, it was by faith that he accumulated the wealth. Even on that one in, in, in the uh, Hebrews chapter 11. People want it now. People want the blessing now. They want the, the best now. The best today. Abraham was a foreigner for a while. He lived in tents at first. He had to build and accumulate. Well, as you're building your life and accumulating things, each step, come on, is a step of what? Faith. It was by faith that Sarah was to have a child even though she was too old. How many of you have been told that you can't have a child? 
You can. Do you, do you know how many people have had children that they have, been, have, that they have told that they can't have children? I could have people raise their hand. Raise your hand today if you were told you couldn't have a children and you have children. Raise them up high. I see two, three, four, five. You were, they were told they couldn't have children. Guys, the enemy will make you think, be afraid to hope. Because you, you're afraid that a promise made is, a promise is not going to be kept. And you're afraid you're going to be disappointed again and again and again. All right? But listen, the Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. All right. I don't like Christianity that goes into works where, where it's what we do, where, where it gets into, uh, it, it gets back to what I did because I've done performance before and it leaves you on a dead end road. Faith even comes from God. God gives us a measure of faith in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gift of faith. I mean, God even gives those things. And here's another place that faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. God's word is filled with faith. God's word is filled with encouragement. Everybody always wants God to talk to him. He talks to you every day. He'll talk to you every day through this word. It's relevant. It's for today. Even when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God there in the, in the Greek means Christos. That means Christ. And so you can say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of reading Christ's words. Believing Christ's words. And when we do that... I, I love this scripture. In, in Hebrews 12, 2, it says that when we look to Jesus, he's the author. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is the author of my faith. He's the author. He gives you the faith. He's an author of your faith. He gives you the faith. He's the author and he's the finisher. Some people will come up to me and say, oh, pastor, please pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me that I'll have more faith. Brothers and sisters, we don't have a prayer problem. What we have is a word problem. Where the word is absent. This is what we stand on. Where the word of God is absent, faith is absent. Where the word is, faith is. I believe that. So what do we do with that? John 15, 7 says this. If you abide. So what do we do? If where the word is, is where faith is. And you need faith for a situation. Where do you get that faith? You get it by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then what you do is you abide in this. You remain in it. You remain in the word. You mark up the word. You ponder the word. You meditate on the word. You think about the word. You put it on your mirror in your bathroom. You put it on your visor in your car. You, you, you put it on pictures in your house. You put the word before you. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. It'll be done for you. You know, there's so many. The Bible says that Amos 3.3 says that two people can't walk together unless they're agreeing on the same direction. You need to, in the direction, how many want to give direction or control of your life over to God? Then as you do that, we have to line up with His Word so that we can go in the direction that God's Word calls us to go. And we trust that. Two, two people can't walk together unless they're in unity. There's also this cool story in the Bible about a farmer who went out to plant some seeds. The seed's talking about the Word of God. 
And as he scattered the word all over the field, this is Matthew 13, 3 through 8. Don't try to follow up there. It says, some fell on the footpath and the birds came and took it. When you get in your word and you're believing God for something, the first thing that's going to happen is the bird, look at your neighbor and say the enemy or the devil. The enemy, the devil. He's going to try to tell you that that word isn't true. Or that word isn't for you. Or that word isn't going to happen. The enemy will do that. And then the other way that the seeds, some fell on soil and it sprouted quickly, but the plants wilted under the sun. To me, listen to me, the reason that the word isn't working with some of you, it's not the word problem. Listen, it's you're not really ready yet to really do the word. And to let the word do its thing in you. It's not a word problem. It's not a God problem. Sometimes we're not ready. And we think we are. But brothers and sisters, we have to be ready. And then the third way, it says that the word fell among some thorns and thistles. And it choked that word out. Here's the other thing. Is the word will call you out. The word will call you to change. The word will cause you to tell you to do other things and do things in a different manner. And some people aren't ready to give up yet. And they let the word get choked out by the cares of this life and the lust of their eyes and the pride and the lust of their own flesh. So this word can just be choked out. But then it says that the word can fall on good ground. God prepares that ground. And I challenge you to say, today to say, God, prepare my heart and prepare my life to receive the word. And even on that one, it says some 30, some 60, some 90. I am told you I'm a farm boy. What that means is you put this many seeds, you put this many uh, uh, pounds of seed on an acre, it multiplies and you'll, and you'll hear, man, I got 160 bushels of corn. That means that seed, they may have planted just a few bushels, but it yielded lots of bushels. Brothers and sisters, I believe that's as we embrace and we learn more about the word that faith springs in our heart and it produces different results. Faith grows. Faith is progressive. It changes. You just keep eating the word and you keep saying the word and you keep doing the word and the word will keep start happening. Guys, write this scripture down, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. It says, whatsoever things you desire, whatsoever things you desire, believe that you receive them. And we just talked about, well, what do I do if I don't believe? You fill yourself with the word. Believe that you will receive them, and you shall have them. Blessing buster number two is the words out of your mouth. I believe what I believe we what we believe and what we say they go together and they can't separate. To me the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4:13 it says the scripture says I spoke I spoke everybody say spoke I spoke because I believed. In the same spirit of faith we also speak because we believe. A secret to, to faith is continually saying what God says. That's a secret to faith. It's saying what God says. 
You have to begin the process. Brothers and sisters, you have to renew. We know the Bible says, don't be conformed to this Lord world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. You have to renew your mind. You have to renew your heart. You have to renew your spirit with the word. And it's a process. It takes time. The Bible's true, brothers and sisters. The Bible's true. And we don't have a word problem. And we don't have a promise problem from God. We have, our problem is we got to keep putting the word in and just keep believing it and saying it. And, and the belief will grow as you keep getting in the word and saying what God says. It'll keep growing in your heart. Words conceived in your heart. They start in your heart. Words that conceive in your heart will be formed on your tongue. And by speaking them out of your mouth, you either release the ability of God in your life or you release the ability of Satan with it, Satan in your life. James says, don't do this. James 3.10 says, don't do this. Don't let blessing, releasing God's words out of your mouth, and cursing. You know how many times we sabotage our futures with what we're saying? Because what we're saying doesn't line up with God's word. And if two are going to walk together in the same direction, they need to be saying the same thing and thinking the same thing. I believe that. Blessing and cursing, it can't pour out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. When you're under pressure in life, when you're under pressures in life, what that that's abundant in your heart is going to come out your mouth, whether it's God's word or whether it's Satan's word. Listen, when it's Satan's word, you get fearful. When, when, when you get pressed and you get, when, when it, you get fearful, you get anxious, you get scared, that lets you know right there that's not God. Are you all with me? But when it's God's word, there's a calmness. There's a peace. There's a, there, there's a sureness. There's a confidence. Uh, it, it feels right. Well, the mouth speaks what the heart's full of. The Bible says it. It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what do we got to do? We got to change the heart with God's word. And as we keep doing that, as we keep sowing, and we don't let the enemy steal it, we don't let the cares of this life. And we, we start letting the word have that place in our heart that I preached about earlier. When that happens and we keep practicing that, then, then it'll change our outlook. It'll change what we're saying. Many people's confession cancels out God's word working in them. The Bible says this, and I want you to read all of Numbers 13 and 14 when the spies went out. And I want you to even look at your own prayer life. Are you praying or are you complaining? Are we praying or are we complaining? Because, you know, they came back and they said, oh, the, the land's good. Oh, but there's giants in that land. They're bigger than us. They're more powerful than us. There's, they, they, there's no way we can ever conquer that. Did God bring us out into this land for us just to die? Well, I wish to God we'd have stayed in Egypt where we at least were slaves, but we, had some, we weren't going to die and all this. Guys, we do that. I do that. Why do we do Why do I do that? You know, God just kind of said in Numbers 14, 28. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do 
to you the very things that I heard you say. You're going to drop dead in the wilderness. Why? Because you keep saying you're going to drop dead in the wilderness. You keep believing you're going to drop dead in the wilderness. Well, pastor, you're being too hard on me. I'm going through something. I don't have the faith. I don't have the confidence. I'm helping you. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And as you keep sowing the seed, man, there's a law. There's a spiritual law and God cannot lie. When you sow in the spirit, you will reap what you sow. The other day I was at a funeral and when I walked in the funeral, I thought, my Lord, look at all the cars, Terry. Terry Moss, where are you today? I looked and I said, Terry, look at all the cars at Marlene's funeral. And then you know what I did next, Trisha and Ray? As I said, doesn't surprise me at all because there's a spiritual law. You reap what you sow. That woman cared for people. That woman loved people. That woman gave herself to people. And so the people were there for her. It's a spiritual law what you sow, you reap. If you sow bitterness, if you sow criticalness, if you're down on everybody and you nitpick everybody and you tell everybody and you're critical on what everybody's doing all the time then people are going to be critical on you it's a law it's a law and the quicker you learn it the quicker I 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 learn it the happier I'm going to be you can't separate the two guys I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what you've been taught. Look at the word for yourself and learn the word for yourself. Even with salvation, what does the Bible say in Romans 10, 8 through 10? It says the word's near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That's the word of faith we preach to you. Now, confess with your mouth. Well, I don't believe the Lord can ever save me. I don't believe the Lord did save me. I don't believe. You'll have what you say. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart, you believe unto righteousness and with the mouth, heart and mouth go together. Heart and mouth go together. They go together. You can't separate the two. You can't. Look at Mark eleven twenty two. 22. It says, have faith in God. In other words, have the God kind of faith. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but that what they will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for, or whatever you desire in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it shall be yours. I, what, guys, I'm not asking, I don't ask for cars. I, I don't ask for, usually what I ask for isn't anything for me. I ask for wisdom to be a better leader. I ask for God to fill me with the fruit of the Spirit so I can be a better husband, a better follower. I'm not talking about all this stuff to get. I'm talking about things that God desires, I want to desire. And I want to believe I I have them. I want to believe I have them. I want to believe I'm working in it. Brothers and sisters, 
When you're looking at a mountain, when we lived in uh, Wyoming, you could see a mountain three hours away. You could see the Tetons three hours away. And you'd drive forever getting there. And you're like, wow, I've been seeing this the whole time. Well, brothers and sisters, when you're driving, when you're driving a car and there's an intersection, if you're driving the car down 47 up here at I-90 and you're going south on 47 and you see that the light is red and the traffic's going through the intersection, do you start pumping your brake clear back here at I-90? No, you don't pump your brake clear back at I-90 because you know that when you get up to that intersection that it, it's going to be changed and you're going to just keep going. You're going to go through that intersection. Brothers and sisters, when you speak to your mountain, keep walking, keep walking, and keep going ahead. Keep going ahead. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to get to the foot of that mountain, and that mountain is either going to be gone and cast into the sea, or you're going to grow some feet like a deer or like an antelope, and you're going to climb that mountain, and you're going to walk over the top of that mountain. But either way, that mountain is going to be removed. Either way, I believe that. Blessing buster number three. We give up too soon. We give up too soon. How many knows the story of when Saul offered the sacrifice before the priest came? Why did he offer the sacrifice? Because the enemy was getting closer and his people were freaking out and it was getting hotter and the enemy was saying, you're going down and his army started fleeing. So finally Saul threw his arms up and said, I'm offering the sacrifice. I can't wait on Samuel. I can't wait on God anymore. I can't wait anymore. Do you know, brothers and sisters, the Bible says that as Samuel finished, just when he got finished offering that sacrifice, it said the prophet came around the corner. If he'd have waited two more seconds, if he'd have waited two more seconds, and that's why it says to obey is better than sacrifice. Lamentations 3.10 says it's good that, 3.26 says it's good that a man both hope and quietly wait. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. The Bible says in Matthew 10, 21, that everyone who endures till the end will be saved. The Bible says this, that be confident of the very thing that you're hoping for, the good work that God will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Blessing buster number four. So we've got to keep holding on. Are y'all with me? As the worship team comes, blessing buster number four is we must learn, guys, we must learn to ignore the scoffers. We must learn to ignore them. We got, must learn to deal with the scoffing, to deal with the voices. And we got to be brave and take courage. I remember when I used to run, believe it or not, I used to run two miles in 10 minutes and 14 seconds was my best time. But I was always big, but I ran with my heart. There'd be these little short guys, skinny as a rail, or these real tall guys that, I mean, you, they would just look like a string. They were just, and then here I'd be sitting as a big man. One time I was running, and this Mount Vernon guy was running behind, beside me, and he said, you're getting tired, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and I was running, and he said, what are you doing out here anyway? This race isn't for big guys. You should be a sprinter. And, and he said, you're getting tired. 
you know, you're breathing harder than I am. I don't even think you're going to make these eight laps. And he just kept on <laughs> telling me that. And I wanted, actually, he was the guy taking off the lead, and I was after him. <laughs> I'm going to get that guy. But anyway, I, I just kept, kept running. But you can't listen to the naysayers telling you what you can't. Everybody will always tell you what you can't do and what isn't going to happen, but God's word is true. Even in 2 Peter 3, verse 3 through 4, it says, Most important, I want to remind you that in the last day, scoffers will come. They'll be mocking the truth, following their own desires. Look at this. They will say, what happened to the promise of Jesus? It's that he's coming again. Hey, what happened to the promise of Jesus that you're standing on? For before the times of the ancestor, everybody's been saying Jesus is coming back from the first creation. Scoffers. Scoffers. Guys, how did Abraham deal with scoffers? I want you to look at this scripture as we close in Romans 4, 17. To me, it's the most powerful scripture in the Bible. Here's how you do it. How do you deal with the scoffers? First, you have to have, I like it in the KJV, as it is written. Is it up there? Everybody say that, as it is written. So you got to have your, as it is written. Amen? I, and then here it is. I have made you a father of many nations. And then here's Abraham. Before him, Who he believed, even God. In other words, Abraham said, I believe that God said this. And it's God who quickeneth the dead. It's God who quickeneth the dead and calls those things as be not as though they are. So Abraham said, I believe that that it is written for me. So you got to have the is written. And then he said, I also believe that God... I also believe that God quickens what looks dead and that God's able to call those things which be not as though they are. What I want you to do is in interpretation, in correct interpretation of that, that is God doing that part. But I still say this. I want to be saying what God's saying. And so if God's calling those things which be not as though they are, I'm calling those things which be not as though they are. Anybody out there say amen. Amen. And then it says this, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many many nations. Why? Because a promise made by God's a promise kept according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Next scripture. And being not weak in faith, Abraham didn't consider his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. He was strong in faith, and he was giving glory to God. Amen. And then it says this, and he was fully persuaded that what God promised he was able to do. Give the Lord a hand clap today. A promise made is what? By God. Say it again. A promise made 
is a promise kept. Say it again. A promise made is a promise kept. Amen. With every head bowed. information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.